It's time to talk technology and many people will know that with digital technology the playing field can be levelled in many different ways for people with disabilities including those with visual impairments. The company Neatbox was set up by Gavin Neat looking at technical solutions and Gavin is with us now. Uh, Gavin, t- take us back to the start then where the idea came from to, to look at kind of technological answers. Hi, Alan, and hi, listeners. Basically, I, I was a guide dog mobility instructor for 18 years, and I, I virtually stumbled across these things. I was training people with their guide dogs, and people were turning up on the first day of class, and their phones were talking to them, and they were chatting to each other, and they were talking about blogging, and they were talking about emailing, and they were their phones were just nattering away, and I was like, what's going on? There seems to be a bit of a step change here. And I started including tech talk on every class that came through. And it was probably more for me than it was for my students. But ultimately, uh, they also then communicated with each other. So whenever it was raining, I decided, that's it, I'm going to do a tech talk. And we probably sat down and talked for an hour about the different technology people were using. Ultimately, I then realised this was a future. This was 2006 that I was really looking at this, and I thought, wow, this is going to make a massive difference into the future. You're, you're working at guide dogs at the time with, with the dogs. You were an instructor. But you're know, noticing that technology was starting to change and things were coming more accessible. What were the things when you're out training people that you thought, do you know what, there's a technology answer to that? Well, I was seeing more and more GPS. As I say, I was seeing more and more people setting up their route before they even left home. And I guess at the same time, I was looking around all the time to see what other things could be used or what other things could be helped by using technology. I didn't really have a plan to go out and change the world with anything at that point. But the more I investigated the issues, the more I realised that nobody else was really looking at them. And that came to a head. I did a presentation at Warwick University a few years ago now called The Challenges Faced by People with Disability at Pedestrian Crossings to a room full of maybe 100, 150 traffic engineers. And when I explained to them the challenges people were facing, long cane users and guide dog owners specifically at that time, they were rocked back on their heels a little bit. It was something that they hadn't really understood. And that really hit home to me. I thought, well, if they don't understand it, if they're the people that are designing and implementing and installing this kit, who's actually explaining how it should be used? I'm not saying that I instantly thought it should be me, but it was a bit of a a kick to say, well, somebody needs to do that bit in the middle, the crossover. Now, as a guide dog owner, the the, the traffic crossing, sounds a simple thing. You find the crossing, you press the button, you wait on the green man and some are audible and then you cross the road. But finding the crossing could be tricky at first. Trying to find the, the pole where the button is or even having people round about it, you can't get near the pole. Just that simple bit of crossing a road can suddenly become incredibly difficult. Yeah, it was a real challenge. The amount of times I was stood next to or stood behind a guide dog owner or a long cane user who would put their right hand out, step to the right, maybe tell the dog to wait, drop the handle, swing their hand around trying to find a pole, then realise it's further behind them, step back, the dog eventually comes with them. They then find the pole, they're pressing the button, and if there's no audible signal, they're then having to wait beside the pole, holding onto the tactile cone. They've lost their orientation at that point, potentially. They're straight line 
line's gone. Of course, when the traffic stops, it's very, very difficult to work out where straight is again because there's no audible signals. And then they've got to get back to the curb edge. They've got to square off if they've got a long cane. They've got to get the dog to stop and sit. And all against the clock at that point because the person believes that there's not much time to cross the road. And this doesn't just affect long cane users and guide dog owners. This is a problem for many, many people. And it was one of the other things that I noticed when I was talking in the traffic industry was that there was a little bit too much weight revolving around the car and like getting bits of metal from A to B and not really enough focus on getting people from A to B. So it just seemed to me that this was an area that I could look at as something which could use a bit of innovation. Now you came up with the Neatbox app running on on a smart device um, but that also involved a bit of hardware changes at, at traffic lights but in essence now the app could be downloaded to your phone and if it finds the, the, the traffic light with the conversion in it you can basically find the, the traffic light and use your phone to press the button and then cross the road so you don't actually have to physically find the pole. Indeed, that's thanks very much. You should maybe yeah. come and work with me, Alan. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do as well. We were very aware of RFID technology. It's a radio frequency technology, which meant you had to have a key fob in your hand. And that was just an extra thing to carry around. But the mobile phone is just so accessible now, and it's improving all the time. It's not perfect yet, but it's improving all the time. And it just seemed that if we could press the button with the mobile phone, then that would be really useful. When we first did it, we had the button on the phone itself. So you had to actually press a button on the phone. But now you just get up to the crossing, wait for a certain amount of time, which you set yourself before you leave home, and then the button's pressed automatically. And it works. It's out there. We've got six pedestrian crossings now that are using this technology. Unfortunately, it's not going to be widespread for a little bit longer, but we're working towards certification. And with luck, within a year, we'll be able to respond to people saying, I want one of these near me. I Uh, want one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come and live either at RBS, Gogoburn, (laughs) at Holyrood Road, (laughs) or at Lauriston Place near Princess Alexandra House. All of these crossings have got this technology. It's also worth saying that we've just been given the opportunity to trial in London with Transport for London, TFL. Now that is a massive step forward for us. And just to put that into perspective, there are actually more crossings in London than there are in the whole of Scotland. So uh, you start working with those guys wow. and, and they start understanding a little bit more about that's the, uh, the what's good about tfl is they really got on board several years ago now with the ibus concept and, and talking buses which they've had in the capital for many many years now so technology wise and accessibility wise they're really ahead of the game yeah they put a lot of effort in and it's definitely worth underlining here the people i spoke to in the traffic industry they did care They were trying to do so much for so many people. They did care. They didn't get it right all the time. But when I came along and started talking to them, they went, wow, this is pretty cool. This is somebody who's crossing over between practitioner in a disability charity organization to actually wanting to talk to a traffic industry. And that was quite unusual for them. Now, you've gone beyond just traffic crossing. You you looked at... Um, accessible tourism, uh, putting tourist information into to the smart devices. You've looked at customer service, w- which can make a massive difference to people with disabilities, saving going into a supermarket and being able to get the help that they need. So it's almost limitless, the, the, the potential here. Oh, yeah, the technology, we're at a massive step forward now, purely because, as I say, people can access their mobile phones and smart devices. And that just means that if you can think of something now, 
then you could possibly do it, certainly with software. We really kind of stumbled across the hardware itself, but that hardware can be used in multiple ways. And as you mentioned, the, the tourism, we were, we were kind of waiting around for the industry, the, the traffic industry, to catch up with what we were doing. And, and while we were waiting around, we weren't just sitting twiddling our thumbs, but we were thinking, wow, this could be used for so many other things. We realised the mobile phone could be so much more for a person. Currently, we have audio guides and you go into a museum or an art gallery and you walk around with an audio guide, but you've got a mobile phone. Uh, why not have that as an audio guide that also does pictures, that also does text, uh, and make a solution that's available to everybody? And ultimately, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to say, this isn't disabled product, and I put that very much in inverted commas. This is a product that everybody can use. And the ethos of the company was to make something that didn't place somebody else in a different group that didn't change so that there was a different demographic that you had to work with. What I wanted to do was, and I was really driven to do this, what I wanted to do was to have a solution that everybody could use, something that, that broke down barriers rather than put them up. And the mobile phone really does give us that opportunity. And that's what we did with tourism. We, we just said, look, why not have a tour guide that everybody can use instead of saying this is one for you because you're disabled or this is one for you because you're able-bodied. just wasn't what we wanted to do. Now, in terms of progression, you mentioned that you've been in talks now with Transport for London for the, the crossing system, and, that, and that's great. How have things changed, say, up to date now? What was new for Neatbox? Well, TFL is a massive step forward for us, and I've known you for a while, Alan. I've been on the show a few times, so I, I like doing exclusives, but um, we've had a couple of really nice exclusives other than TFL, which is a massive one. But I just received in the post the other day a pedestrian crossing system from Canada, of all places. And they said, oh, I wonder if they could integrate this in Canada. So they sent us a pedestrian crossing system, and we're now looking at integrating that. Yeah, it's interesting. Let's find the post and bring a traffic light <laughs> to your door. I've got four pedestrian crossing systems in my house, <laughs> which is yeah, it's kind of interesting. Great clothes hangers. So not only that, but um, we're in talks with Transurf, who do the trunk roads round Largs, and we're looking at installing maybe three or four crossings in Largs, which would be used, I think that's pretty much all the crossings in Largs, but mm. that would be open for people in Largs to use. And, and that's really exciting for us because, well, we're a Scottish company, first and foremost, but uh, it's something that is an entire town. And that's really cool. That's a really great step forward. Now, I mentioned the customer service app. So, you know, I could walk into my local supermarket, hotel, restaurant, and if they have your app, it can tell them, you know, here's someone who's a guide dog owner, here's the kind of help that you can give them. So I don't have to explain myself every time I go in somewhere. Now, that that sounds to me a great step forward for hospitality industry, service industry. Oh, massive. This was the underlying strap line on my website is the solution starts with the people who understand the problem. And that's not reference to me, although in one area it was. And that was when I used to work in supermarkets with my clients, with their guide dogs, I would notice how challenging it was getting good customer service. You get friendly customer service, but a lot of the time you would even, something as simple as the person saying, oh, how are you doing, Alan? And then not telling you who they were. And I had clients who would say, that person's spoken to me for the last five years. I haven't got a blooming clue who they are. And yet they know me and everything about me. And it's because the person at customer service just didn't understand that they should introduce themselves first. So we looked at the ways that we could use the technology and just somebody walking into a shop 
shop can mean that the person behind the desk, the customer service team, somebody who's in the building who maybe has British Sign Language, suddenly knows that somebody's arrived who could use their help. It gives them a little bit of information about the person, which is dictated by the person when they download the app, and then gives them some top tips on how they should interact. We've had some really good responses from some of the charities that represent some of these groups, and they're saying, yeah, top five tips, brilliant. Uh, Sometimes that's all it is that really a person at customer services needs. Hello, my name is. Nice to see you today. No, it's okay. I'm not going to talk to your dog, although I know it's gorgeous. (laughs) That sort of thing can be so useful because then the guide dog owner isn't put in a position where they have to go, oh no, don't talk. Oh no, please don't. Oh, I know. Uh, Oh well. No, stay, sit, whatever. Uh, And then it just, it's clumsy. It's clumsy. And it's not what good customer service in uh, 2016 should be all about. So it's really been quite a roller coaster. We love it. I am enthused every single day of my life. I used to think that being a guide dog mobility instructor was the best job in the world. And in so many ways it was and is. But since I've started working with technology, the breadth of people that I can affect in in what I do is massive. It's increased every single day. So somebody in a wheelchair, somebody pushing somebody in a wheelchair, somebody in a mobility scooter, a guide dog owner, a long cane user, somebody with MS, even a person or a parent pushing two children in a pram, they need that kind of service. And by providing a solution that's built for everybody, then we feel that in some small way we can bring everything together instead of segregating and separating. Gavin, we, we could talk more on this. No doubt we'll hear more in the future. But if people would like to find out any more information about Neatbox, how did they get in touch? Well, neatbox.com is our website. And it's worth pointing out that uh, my name's Gavin Neat and it's N-E-A-T-E-B-O-X.com. Um, also, we've got a really popular Facebook site, which is Neatbox. If you just look it up, you'll find it. You can follow me on Twitter. Find me out there. I am there. And hopefully I'll have more and more opportunity to tell you about things like this on radio and TV. Gavin, uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you in the not-so-distant future, but in a moment, thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Alan.